The multifaceted onslaught of attacks against our Bill of Rights has directly contributed to the rapidly declining American empire. I don't think too many people would argue with that statement. If COVID politics, as it has become known to be, persists, then the Constitution of the United States is soon going to be nullified into non-existence. And that is just what the puppet Biden regime is after. They're after our freedom, they're after our money, and they're after anything else they can take from us, including our own lives. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve LaTulip. Last week, I began a series called Fighting a Barrage of Wrongs Against the Bill of Rights. I spoke about the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists, the two political groups of the time who were very much in opposition uh, based on the fight uh, of whether or not the Constitution can stand by itself or if it needed something added to guarantee that the individual rights of every human being, every citizen of America, would be sustained and guaranteed under a free country, because with the Constitution just by itself, the anti-federalists just feared that the government would get too big and too powerful and rob the individual of his or her freedom. It was a problem that needed to be solved, and it required a great deal of debate. Unity, based on the laws of God, did result in the Bill of Rights being drafted and the Constitution being ratified, but it took about a four-year period of healthy, heated discussion that was allowed to actually play out without censorship or propaganda. Now imagine what would have happened if the Anti-Federalists were canceled or silenced. It's a very good possibility that America would no longer exist in this present time. Before the man-made pandemic began to actually play out in earnest here in America, very few people believed that a plan even existed to undermine the U.S. government as a free republic. And even now, a significant portion of the U.S. population still believes Congress is actually doing a fairly good job at ruling over us, not even realizing that the Constitution was written so that the people would rule over the government, not the government rule over the people. The fact that the Bill of Rights is now being severely infringed upon us tells us that the Constitution means absolutely nothing to all Democrats and probably to the majority of Republicans too. Now, we are living in a sad state of affairs. Something has to give. Who do you trust these days in government? What government agency or institution is reputable? Which government group actually does its job as advertised, as planned, 
and actually cares about the people, the rights of the people. Even some of our most trusted conservative politicians have totally blindsided us with their rhetoric, with their anti-American rhetoric. Didn't Senator Ted Cruz just accuse conservative protesters of being insurgents? Now, I think he's been forced to eat those words. And what is in the heart of Ted Cruz? Who is this man? See, it causes us to question that when he comes out and boldly makes a, pro a profound statement against the very core of patriots, the people that love their country, and he calls them insurgents, that's a problem. It is a concern. And I have a great deal of respect for Senator Ted Cruz. But this nonsense has to stop. Let's face it, Democrats are truth deficient. But Republicans are most certainly testosterone deficient. And they have no spine. Who is it that is truly taking a stand to support individual rights in America? Well, I'll tell you who it is. It's we the people. It is us at the grassroots level. And that's the way it's always been. The victories that we have achieved as Americans has resulted from want to live their life in peace and in liberty. But that seems like too much to ask in this present day. You can kiss goodbye all recognized political parties, I believe, because what each party once stood for is now history. It doesn't matter if you are a Democrat. It does not matter if you are a Republican or an independent or a socialist or a Marxist or a communist. It really doesn't matter because right now we have gone beyond that. Having a written document called the U.S. Constitution is absolutely meaningless if we cannot, do not, and will not live by the Bill of Rights. And that's why this is so critically important for us to understand. May I suggest that we still do have two major distinct parties. However, those two parties are not what you think. They are not the Democrats and the Republicans, but rather they are the globalists and the nationalists. See, these two parties actually now don't just exist in America, but they actually span the entire globe. Let that sink in. The globalists versus the nationalists. Nationalists are everywhere. They include all who support the fundamental God-given individual rights that should be afforded to every human being. On the other hand, Globalists also exist everywhere, but they mock the U.S. Constitution and what it stands for. They deny the existence of any God-given individual rights. This includes the socialists, the communists, and the Marxists. But all of these groups, including the Democrats and Republicans, all seem to be subservient groups to the globalist and the globalist mindset is the most dangerous of all. 
at this time, the American population itself has been very sharply divided into two groups of its own, each with their loyalties to one or the other party, that is the globalists or the nationalists. The one group consists of sheep, and the other consists of patriots. The symbol of the sheep, and let's call it a, a masked sheep, the masked sheep has become the chief symbol of the globalist sympathizers. They follow and do whatever they are told. And this fits right into the agenda of the globalist mindset. The American flag in the United States of America or any other national flag in other countries has become the actual symbol of the nationalist partisan group. Now, in reality, this coup that we are now facing in America and elsewhere extends well beyond the borders of the United States and its territories. This is a global happening. And the coup is going to be successful if we do not somehow recognize what it is that they are seeking to accomplish. Our nation's founding fathers directly protected us with the Bill of Rights, and they even offered us a means of defending our Constitution within that Bill of Rights. And if that wasn't enough, our first recognized president of the United States of America, George Washington, in his farewell address, warned us explicitly, directly, about what threats to our freedom will come. Not might come, but will come in the future, including the how and the why of what will take place. And guess what, folks? We are there now. Good Americans who love their neighbor, who love their country, who respect God and cherish their families. People who make the wheels of America turn are now being threatened. We are there. We are at the point where the Constitution is being actively overthrown right in front of our own eyes, America is under attack by our own government. We have to let that sink in. We have to understand that concept. The current U.S. government right now is fully siding with the globalists. And what is the conclusion that we must draw from this? One simple thing. The U.S. government is now a domestic enemy, according to the definition of the Bill of Rights. It is an enemy that must be overthrown in defense of our Constitution. Now, that's so easy to say, but how are we going to overthrow this evil and powerful and cunning enemy? One thing we need to know is that if we don't do it somehow, they will completely remove the Constitution from our government, and it's not going to take them long. This is not an easy thing for me to say, calling my own government an enemy. 
and nor is it an easy thing to even conceive of opposing our government. But good patriots, that is where we stand today. We must ponder this if we have any hope at all of preserving our union. But here's the catch, and this is a really big catch. If we have any hope of preserving our Constitution and taking back our free republic because we have lost it, we must begin with the basics, and that is with a fundamental understanding of what it is that we are really fighting for. And it's in this spirit right now that I would like to present each of the articles of the Bill of Rights, the 10 articles that we hold dear to our hearts as true American citizens, so that we can have a clear understanding of why we must take down or somehow neutralize this rogue government that now aims to actually oppress us to the point of slavery. If we fail to defend this Bill of Rights for any reason, put out whatever excuse you want. If we fail to defend this Bill of Rights, then we have turned our backs on our fellow Americans and we have spurned God's command to love our neighbor as ourselves. And we will be without excuse. We, and we will also live out the rest of our lives in regret of doing nothing. Because life under tyrants will not be kind. You might think it's bad right now, but let me tell you, it's going to get a lot worse if we don't change the course we are on. Well, having said that, let's turn to the 10 articles of the Bill of Rights, which are the first 10 amendments to the Constitution. I'd like to summarize each article and describe the importance of each article, and then candidly expose even the possible shortfalls. And some of those shortfalls are very real. And then I'd like to reveal with sufficient evidence how each of these articles is actually under attack right now. And then finally, the clincher, we need to find out, figure out how we can defend each article. And I would like to discuss that to some extent, because this is what we need to do. Well, let's dig in. I'll deal with article one today. It's an important one. It is the First Amendment. Article 1 reads, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. That is Article One, the first Bill of Rights. 
to summarize this, what does it mean? It means that we are guaranteed as an entitlement freedom of religion, freedom of speech and press. We are guaranteed peaceful assembly and we are guaranteed a right to bring forth our grievances without any fear of retaliation by government. What does freedom of religion mean? Well, it means that we are free from any influence in any way by the government when it comes to worship. Worship God as you see fit, in other words, or don't. We need to realize that the predominant religion in America is and always has been Christianity, but also present were agnostics, people who claimed that they weren't sure who God is or what the right faith is. And yes, there were atheists, people who absolutely believed there is no God, and perhaps there were a few other religions, but not in large quantities. For the most part, Christianity was universal in America. And we are guaranteed that we can worship our God in the way we choose without any interference from the government. Secondly, in that article is the concept of being able to speak freely, to speak your mind. And that means the right to say or to write what's on your mind as long as you do it peacefully. And you can do it without fear of punishment or retaliation from the government. Now, I consider that to be very, very important. Think about this. The practice of religion unhindered is paramount to the building of individual character, to family unity, and ultimately to national strength through a proven system of core values. Christianity was the presupposition of faith of the early American settlers. When they said religion, what they meant was the Judeo-Christian faith, there is no doubt beyond, uh, there is no doubt of this whatsoever. They had as their standard, the Bible. The Bible is the perfect standard of righteousness. And that is exactly what they believed. And it is what I believe fully. The Bible was paramount. And when they said religion, they meant they were followers of Jesus Christ, followers of the Judeo-Christian God. And the Bible told us how we ought to live a good life, a life based on dignity, on mutual respect, on loving your neighbor as yourself, unlike other religions, like the Quran that instructs Muslims to slaughter infidels in the name of Allah. In opposition to that, the Bible tells us to love one another, including our enemies, and to have compassion on the weak and the sick and the hurting, not to euthanize them. We are told in the Bible to feed the poor and to help the downtrodden, as opposed 
to further oppressing them and taking advantage of them because of their weakness. We are told by God to gain converts to the Christian faith by sharing the good news of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And that good news, let me tell you, is life-changing to anyone who has accepted God on God's own terms. For this reason, for this very reason that we have the Christian faith in America, we have always had a tolerance of other religions in America. We respect our God-given free will, which means you have a right to not worship if you so choose. And for this reason, if Christianity were abolished in America, there could be no freedom of religion. And I guarantee you there would be no such thing as a document called the Bill of Rights. There is no doubt that a strong, genuine Christian is a strong patriot. And the best of citizens, but I must put an emphasis on the word genuine when it comes to being a Christian. We have way too much hypocrisy in America, too much pseudo-Christianity, too much talk and too little action. Living the faith of a Christian is a tough life at times. It means taking a stand for right or wrong. It means biting your tongue when you hear words that don't agree even with your Christian faith. And it means having the personal integrity of your own heart to receive the word of God just as it is written and to apply it to your life. And that's not easy. But that is what has made America the very great nation that it became. And now we find ourselves on the decline. Free speech is critical to the spread of information. That's another reason why America has become such a great nation. There is a great balance that is found from speaking. When you hear the truth and the lies, and you hear opposing opinions in a debate, even if those opposing sides are completely antithetical, good and evil, for example, there will be a good that comes out of a reasonable debate if it is heard. At least the evidence will be presented on both sides. The opinions of both sides must be heard before we can draw a reasonable and fair conclusion. And likewise, with scientific evidence, science is an attempt to resolve conflict in observation. Do you understand what that means? It means that in science, in good science, be it in medicine or research, medical research or other scientific research, what we do is we simply test what we observe to happen in the natural world. And we manipulate influences on what happens in nature to try to produce a better outcome. And through much conflict, trial and error, challenging ourselves and challenging each other, science can lead to very good things, things that are life-changing for good, but it can also be used for evil. 
but we have to have both sides heard if we are to come up to our come up with with our best conclusion that's what free speech is about we have to remember there are two sides to every story and this is why free and open discussion and debate is very good it's good for you as a person it is good for a nation if you cannot hear both sides then you have no ability to choose between them and choice is exactly what freedom is all about. Free choice leads to good conclusions if we have a good conscience. Free speech correlates with a free society. One cannot exist without the other. Every free society endorses free speech. In Russia, if you speak your mind, you suddenly disappear if it's in opposition. Likewise, in China, this is why communist, socialist, Marxist countries suffer so much from poverty, from depression, from stifled economic growth, new industry, and scientific breakthroughs. China has been ridiculed because they steal so much of the world's technology. Why do you think that is? Do you think the Chinese people are stupid? No, there are some very, very brilliant Chinese people. The Chinese people are not dummies. They are stifled. They are forbidden free speech. And that incapacitates a nation and it shackles a human mind. Free speech is critical. As is peaceful assembly. Because peaceful assembly encourages discussions of ideas. It gives you an opportunity to express grievances and concerns publicly. This is the very purpose of town hall meetings. Through wise counsel and reasonable discussion, good things can happen. And they usually do if they are allowed to proceed uncensored, uncanceled. The old saying, two heads are better than one, is very true. It's an old saying that has held up with regard to speaking ideas, putting our heads together to solve a problem, and also in our labor. It's much better to have two or three people working on a tough project than one person doing it all by himself. Two heads are always, always better than one. Petitioning government for a redress of grievances is also critical to free speech, a right that would allow the individual to help keep the government in line is a good thing. Otherwise, the members of Congress could easily become very abusive and calloused. And that's the concept behind a peaceful protest. Our means of redressing grievances is done through petitioning the government, and through gathering in peaceful assembly. The first Bill of Rights article is critical to a free nation. It is good. It is necess necessary. It is absolutely authoritative in any free society that a government permit 
free speech and freedom of religion and freedom of gathering. Without it, we simply are not free. I'm going to take a short break. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip on Unity Without Compromise. When I return, I'm going to discuss the shortfalls of the first Bill of Rights. My fellow Americans, how did you feel watching footage on the news of domestic terrorists looting our stores and burning our cities down? Uh, you were probably disgusted and angry as much as I was. It's disturbing what's going on. Well, you'd be shocked to know that your shopping habits are supporting these extremists. Companies like Amazon, Nike, Disney, FedEx, it's an endless list. And they've been supporting these radical groups. Let's stop supporting companies that fund these extremist groups. We can all do our part. Visit shoptotheright.com and you'll find businesses in a nationwide database and companies that are aligned with our American values. Visit shoptotheright.com and let's all make a difference. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. The America Out Loud family is comprised of patriots in the true sense of the word. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty and the Constitution to help save America for future generations to come. AmericaOutloud.com It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Unity Without Compromise with your host, Dr. Steve LaTulip. Today, I'm actually addressing a barrage of wrongs that we are fighting against the Bill of Rights. The first article of the Bill of Rights is the right to freedom of religion, free speech, freedom to peacefully assemble, and even to petition our government for a redress of grievances. In order to do this, we need unity. In order to defend our Bill of Rights, 
We need unity without compromise. And that is what this show is all about. The show airs at 12 and 5 p.m. Saturdays and Sundays and then goes to podcast. If you can't hear it on the weekend, listen to it later and please share it if you feel the message is good. I'm speaking of the first article of the Bill of Rights. And what I'd like to do is address the shortfalls because no matter what man-made document we produce, it can always be abused. It can always be manipulated and it can be changed. And worst of all, it can be ignored. When the founding fathers talked about religion, they were talking about Christianity not Buddhism, not Hinduism, or the Islamic, or any other faith. And that's important to keep in mind. Self-evident by their many Christian quotes and written citations attest to the Christian faith. Go to Washington, D.C. if you are not convinced of that fact. It's written all over the place. Christian quotes and values and morals of the Judeo-Christian faith permeate the entire Declaration of Independence, the Constitution of the United States of America, the Bill of Rights, every important document that was written by our founding fathers had God at the center of it. And this point is really poorly understood today in America. Oh, maybe we understand it intellectually, but we really do not understand how important it is to keep that concept in the forefront of our brains. Like many conservatives and, uh, and Christians, uh, we sometimes fail to understand that all religions are not equal. One religion is not as good as another. Could you say that? Do you believe that? I know this may offend some of you, but it is true. Some religions, for example, practiced the sacrifice of little human babies to Moloch. Was that a good religion? Do you think there's any good that can come out of a religion that wants you to sacrifice your newborn baby to a rock god, to something that was fabricated from the creation as opposed to worshiping the creator? No. So we can acknowledge that some religions might actually be bad and some might actually be better than others. And some might be true and some might be false. It is not okay to sacrifice babies. Babies have rights as human beings. And that is why abortion is wrong. Although the ACLU defends abortion rights. Okay, am I biased? You bet I am. I'm absolutely biased. See, we as human beings all have biases, but you have to ask yourself this. Would you feel safer being a Christian in a Muslim country or a Muslim living in a Christian nation? Take a look around you. Look at other countries. We were warned when I flew to certain countries that we had better behave ourselves and keep our Bibles put away. And be careful what we say, lest we end up in prison in another country. No, all religions are not the same. 
But this is the very reason why a constitutional republic cannot stand apart from Christianity because Christianity at least has a tolerance for those who even refuse to accept the Christian faith. We are still told to love those who are lost. We are told to love the enemy, our personal enemy, this is speaking of, and to win them over through our love, through our compassion, through our deeds, because by your good fruits, they will know you, we've been told by God. I've traveled everywhere in the world pretty much, although I haven't been on the African continent yet. But what I notice is that people are very much the same everywhere. They are imperfect. There are hypocrites. There are selfish people. There are greedy people, mean people, uncaring people. But there are also many good-hearted people and loving people and hardworking people. And we need to realize that the power to change all that is nowhere better demonstrated uh, a life of, of value and virtue can be expressed through real Christianity. But if the Bible is forgotten or poorly understood or misinterpreted, then the power to do good is certainly going to be affected. And it's going to affect others in an adverse way. So free speech does have its drawbacks and maybe tolerance of the other side is one of them because it can be abused. You know, the old saying, give an inch and I'll take a mile. Free speech means you sometimes have to listen to idiots who haven't a daggone clue in your own estimation. But remember, they too must have a platform if we are to have free speech. They need an opportunity to be heard, and we ought to give them a hearing and listen intently, listen with discernment. You never know, we might learn something. Free speech does mean that the opposition has an equal opportunity to express their point of view. Communists in America deserve a right to free speech. I hate saying those words in this day, but it is true. Much as I may not want to hear the communist viewpoint, they have a right to say what's on their mind. I think of, uh, I picture myself listening to Bernie Sanders right now, right? And occasionally, let's admit it, occasionally, even a communist or a Marxist might actually make a few good points. If I'm willing to listen with an open mind, I could use it for good. Because let's face it, truth is truth, no matter who says it. And all truth belongs to God. So we shouldn't fear truth just because someone we don't like says something truthful. Remember, Satan himself believes in God. He has no doubt. And he has expressed some truths. Because that's how he sandwiches in the lies between the truths. Even though communism is antithetical to freedom, yet freedom of speech guarantees their voices should be heard. And this is sometimes dangerous, I'll admit, as we are now finding out, aren't we? But it's only dangerous if the other side 
the conservatives, the patriots are silent. And that has been our problem through the history of America. That's why we are called the silent majority. And we must be silent no more. Well, how is it that the first article of the Bill of Rights is actually being attacked and violated? Now, you're probably laughing at this point, shaking your head, saying, what in the world are you saying? It's so obvious. But then there's other people out there who are saying, what do you mean? Everything that's being right, done right now is done for a good purpose, and they have a right to do it. Well, let's take a look at that. Freedom of religion. Freedom from any assault by the government so that we are able to practice unhindered our worship to God. Well, didn't they just shut down the churches by government mandates? Haven't ministers in several states been fined heavily and threatened with jail time even for keeping open their doors? While at the same time, abortion clinics, liquor stores, big business chains remained open. Is that fair? Doesn't the first article state Congress shall make no law and realize that mandates are not even laws, although they're being regarded as laws, but Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion. It means the government has no business whatsoever in the affairs of the church. And yet so many leaders of the church in fear closed their doors because they feared man more than they feared God. But the truth is the government has no right to tell us to put on a mask when we go into a, a gathering of Christians. When we go into a church building, they cannot tell us to not sing, to not gather in any size group you want. They cannot tell us. The government cannot tell us to close the doors of our churches, period. They don't have the right to do it, and so says the First Amendment. But some would argue with that even. They would say, well, you know, to prevent the spread of the virus, after all, we've got a pandemic going on. Forget it. It's a false argument. We have overwhelmingly now proven that preventing the spread of a virus is impossible. I've said it many times. It's like trying to control the weather. You can't do it. The weather belongs to God. And all attempts at trying to control this virus by all these silly means, such as masking and shutdowns and so forth and so forth, including the so-called vaccine. And remember, it's not a vaccine and it's not an experiment. But nothing whatsoever has made any difference with regard to the spread of this novel coronavirus. It is impossible to control. All attempts to do so have failed. But didn't we already know this from past scientific studies before censorship and canceling good doctors and good scientists was the norm, the new norm? 
Yes, we knew it already because of free speech, because of a free exchange of ideas where scientists could gather, discuss, and debate. And I guess when push comes to shove, we just have to ask ourselves, which has precedence? God's command to gather regularly as Christians or the state's command to close our church's doors? Do we have the right to determine what is injected into our bodies or do we not? Do we obey God or do we obey man? Well, I'll tell you who we will obey. We will obey the one we fear the most. We will obey that which we fear the most. And the more that we fear and trust God, the less we fear everything else. And that gives us freedom. The, quote, fear epidemic shows us just how pervasive is the world's fall from grace, in my opinion. And sadly, that price will be paid for rebellion, and it's going to be a heck of a price. It's already being paid for spurning the very giver of individual freedom. Free speech, even in the field of medicine and science, are now gone. We are being attacked severely. You can have no science at all without discussion and without debate. The world's physical and mental health is being decimated by censorship and the cancel culture in medicine. The majority, the great majority of doctors and scientists have been either coerced or bought off into spouting the party line. And that is deadly. It is deadly for patients. The loss of free speech literally kills many. I'm leaving in a few days to go speak at a freedom, a medical freedom conference. And it's going to be good. You know why? Because we physicians who truly care about patients and about treating the sick are going to gather for discussion to get together to share our grievances, to support one another, and to figure out how we can fight this good fight against free speech. We need to understand that without free speech, we are forced to live under the oppressive control of liars whose aim is never pure. And that's what we are seeing right now. Remember what's happening in China right now hemorrhagic fever right ebola virus remember dr fauci has been doing gain of function research on ebola virus gain of function research has one purpose bio warfare now we better be real careful because fauci belongs in prison at best at very best this man is carrying out a true genocide and some of you know it because some of you have relatives who have died from vaccine. What we need is to come together in peaceful assembly. But that can be very hard to define. What is peaceful assembly? 
I was at a speech in Portland. I gave a speech in Portland at a rally on November 20th, 2021, just uh, less than a couple of months ago. And was a peaceful well, there was a bullhorn uh, used to speak and there was chanting going on uh, by Antifa, a gathered crowd who was making a whole bunch of noise as I and other speakers were trying to assemble peacefully and share information. Antifa and BLM have rioted across the country and they define anything but peaceful, what they do, yet they were unhindered, unpunished. Now, this is a direct assault on the First Amendment and we need to put a stop to it. On the other hand, look at the January 6th assembly. It was a peaceful assembly that was actually disrupted by the FBI and other government agencies to make it look like it was not a peaceful assembly. Now, that's bad news, folks. That is really bad news. We have been deprived our first article of the Bill of Rights. The evidence now is overwhelming that this was a staged act to make peaceful protesters look guilty of violence. It shows that peaceful assembly has been actually opposed by the true government insurgents. And you know who they are. And we're going to hear a whole lot more as this evidence is further exposed. It doesn't look good for the Democrat Party, and I'm very pleased to say that. But I can't say that I'm happy with the Republican Party either. How many real violent protests have taken place across America that were described as mostly peaceful by a biased media that is owned by the enemy, when in fact, innocent people were murdered and many small businesses were destroyed. Cities burned and over 150 federal buildings were even destroyed. And these protesters were even bailed out of jail by Democrats who actually encouraged the violent protests in the first place, as did the media. While the Trump supporters who protested in D.C., many of them are being held hostage in a D.C. gulag, and that's wrong. These people ought to already have been rescued because they are hostages of an oppressive insurgent regime that is attacking you and I. And I don't hesitate to say that for a second. Many actual peaceful protests are antagonized by counter-protesters who do all they can to disturb the peace and without any recourse for those who choose to do violence. When our peaceful protests are threatened by a violent opposition, what are we supposed to do? When we are denied the right to peaceful assembly, how do we get together and share ideas? How do we express our grievances to our government? You see, the art of debate and persuasion are gone. And it's no accident that these things are being taken away from us, or at least they're doing their best. When we lose the First Amendment to the Constitution, the first article of the Bill of Rights, 
Where does that leave us? Well, very plainly, it leaves us without freedom. If you don't have free speech, and if you don't have freedom of religion, you simply do not have individual freedom. How do we fight this? We continue to speak freely any way we can. We fight it any way we can. Now look at me, who has suffered a great loss, a loss of reputation, a loss of livelihood, a loss of all of my patients, simply because I dared to do what was right for the patient. Yes, the cost of fighting for freedom can be, can weigh, it can weigh heavily on a man's soul. But let me tell you something. There's no way that they will ever be able to take away my character. I will continue to fight for free speech and for freedom of religion, no matter what it takes, because that is what we are told to do as Americans. If we want to obey our government, we need to remember that obedience is an obedience ultimately to God. And when God says to obey a righteous government, I'm all for that. When the righteous government goes rogue, as we see in America right now, I'm all for fighting in opposition to that government. When the government becomes the enemy of the people and the enemy of Christianity, the very faith that gave us the great America that we have, then I am ready for a fight. Now, hopefully, it would be a peaceful fight. I hate bloodshed. I served a career in medicine trying to prevent people from dying, trying to give people the best quality of life that they could possibly have, both physically and mentally, and yes, spiritually too. We have to be willing to take a stand because when freedom of speech and freedom of religion go away, so goes America. When freedom of speech is gone in its place is exactly what we now see, censorship, so that people cannot find out the truth. I was just censored from Twitter today uh, for 12 hours. I was banned and threatened that I could be permanently banned if I continued to give misinformation regarding the COVID stuff. Do you know how angry that makes me? I'll have more to say about that soon. But let's remember this, that Christians are now being persecuted for their religious beliefs because you have to control a population under a communist or a globalist regime if you are going to control the world. The object of worship in a globalist mind is the worship of, of the state, not the creator. Article 1 of the Bill of Rights sustains our ability to live by the Constitution. The anti-federalists were right 
I'm so glad that they stood up and said, no, we need some form of guarantee that the Constitution will be able to be enacted and will be able to sustain itself, itself through the years. Because if we don't have the rights, the God-given rights to free speech and to freedom, to worship God as we see fit, then we are no longer free. Yes, the Anti-Federalists were right. Big government is bad, and therefore, we should keep bad government small and keep it simple. And by doing so, we will keep us free. I am ever more determined to fight for my country, come hell or high water, in whatever way I can, because I love my fellow man. I love my fellow American. And let me tell you, I am for the side of the Federalists, and I am against the Globalists. I thank God for the patriots across the entire world who are now fighting for their rights, for their human rights, because that's what it's all about, folks. Life is about relationships. It's about caring for one another. It's about respecting each other as human beings. And it is okay to fight the abuses of such a thing because of our love for one another. I hope that fact can be well understood. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latulo. I hope you will stand up for your faith. I hope your voice will be heard loudly and boldly. And I hope that you will claim and practice your right to assemble, your right to petition the government for the wrongs it is doing. May you gather in church meetings and gather to protest evil. Not only do you have the right, but you also have that obligation. Until next week, adieu.